Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This 2024 class is really shaping up to be something special. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Charge On. As always, I'm your host, Sean Green. Guys, a lot to get into today. Uh, A couple days ago, we got big news, huge news to the 2024 class. We've got fall camp to talk about and kind of leading up to the season. I'm recording this on August 9th. We're trying to start this new recording scheduled to get prepared for the season and also booms just happened yesterday so I'm like I don't know if I can wait till Thursday to record a new episode but a lot is going on in the kingdom and uh, we're so thrilled to have you uh, come back and come to this page if if you can please like subscribe share do all that you do uh, because it's about to get a little crazy at the end of the month as we get in to the first season uh, that the Knights are in the Big 12. And it, let me just say this. We'll start off with the obvious uh, big news, right? Because I've been telling you for the past couple of weeks, and listen, there's many UCF insiders uh, on Twitter and that you could find your news or you can kind of take tea leaves and, and, and try and figure out who's kind of looking like they're going to be a Knight, right? Uh, I've said, I, you know, originally... If you go back to my tweets from when Jalen Hayward first arrived on campus, uh, it was the big, the big time visitor that people were like, "This one's gonna turn, you know, turn some eyes right there." And when we saw that he posted pictures from his visit, we were like, "I don't think that this is a possibility." But if this happens, man, that just shows you kind of where the program. Is headed the trajectory of the program. First of all, to get a guy like Jalen Hayward in your building on an official visit, and you know it's funny. Uh, Jalen replied on uh, Twitter to a, a Twitter comment saying, "Like when he committed to Georgia, he was ninety eight on two four seven. Now he's ninety one. Now composite, he is a ninety five point ninety three or something." Um, now, granted, we've been dealing with that with a lot of recruits over the past however many years where they commit to us and maybe were then dropped a couple ratings points. And listen, I agree. It's semi-politics. I do agree with that. But he came to UCF on a visit. And I said to you, uh, post that. Uh, I forget what episode it was. It was probably one of the episodes where I didn't have a good backdrop or I was trying to figure out my next spot to record. But I said, you look at Georgia and you look at kind of their their room and this was before he decommitted. And I said, listen, like they got a lot of safeties. They just do. There's been a lot of safety commits. I, I think they have three or four of the of top, the top 10 safeties in the 24 class. And I said, listen, if I'm Jalen Hayward, what better spot than to go be the best prospect that you get out of the 24 class for the UCF Knights? Probably play early. 
Because again, the secondary has been a huge need for UCF for the last couple of years. We'll talk about you know depth chart, like I said, when, once we get a little bit closer. Because I think some people are making some names. But you've got your usual guys that have been with the program for however many couple of years. And you start to see how UCF is building certain areas of their team through the the freshman classes that they're trying to bring in, right? Last year was heavy defense, right? Not saying they didn't go get offense, but it, you could just tell. They really focused on getting top defensive players for last year's class. Now this year, it's going it, to, I don't know if you're, you're not going to get a better player than Jalen Hayward committed to your, uh, to your 24 class, but this class specifically, the 24 class, they went heavy offense. Like you, you see, and, and it's not done yet, folks. That's the thing. We'll talk about Burdell Richardson in a minute, but UCF is going really heavy on the offensive side of the ball, which is important, right? But I love what the staff is doing when it comes to recruiting. And listen, at the end of the day, transfer portal is a real thing that you need to continue to look at and make sure you are well aware of who's entering the portal each given year. Like, again, we talk about it, and it's in the back of our minds right now, but JRP is not going to be here next year. If you don't know if your quarterback's on the roster, that's going to be a position that you might have to go into the transfer portal. But we're hearing great things out of Dylan Risk. So that's really enticing. Like I said, it's a prototypical Gus and, and Henshaw guy that clearly can fit into the system. And they're saying great things about him. You got Riley Trujillo coming in next year. So there are positives in the quarterback room. But you have to make room for those transfers that like, do you want to start a second year player that hadn't played any snaps in Dylan Risk next year, right? So when we talk about that, when sorry to get off topic, but when you're talking about getting a certain class in and when you're going heavy defense or heavy offense, it kind of opens up the opportunity where, listen, next year, you might have to bring in some offensive transfers depending, right? You might have to get in a couple of receivers in for a year or so to make sure that those young guys that you sign aren't, you know, run around like their hair's on fire, right? Same thing with the defense. I think this is a perfect year to bring in the defensive class that you did because you already have a bunch of stacked defensive tackles, defensive linemen, corners that can really come in and play this year while the freshmen sit back for a year, really learn, and that's all they have to worry about because that's the biggest thing. You don't want to get these freshmen and throw them in there because you don't have depth, which is what UCF has been trying to do for so many years. But They finally have really good depth to where in – Power conference like the Big 12, you need it. And we've been hearing it from the coaches all the last week. But let's talk a little bit about Jalen Hayward, right? Uh, can't say enough. If you just watch him on tape, and I really want to pull up his tape, but um, I've looked up his 247 multiple times um, leading up to when he actually commits. And I didn't know when he was going to commit. Uh, I was pleased that it was. Uh, yesterday or Tuesday, uh, but obviously, according to two four four seven composite, number one player that UCF has ever signed. Right, like he's the number one player, beating out John Walker from a year ago, and I think in regards to multiple factors, right? You see the twenty five class already with Tavion Swent, EJ Colson, and how that class might be shaping up. You see this class now, Jalen Hayward, Brito Richardson. 
they 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 commit back to back on the same day, and all the other players you already have, while Claire Flynn, Kylan Fox, and players you might potentially still get, Eddie Pierre Lewis. Like there are some serious players that are coming to this program, and we could talk about it. I mean, let's look at UCF, and again, this is just for right now, but broke the top twenty five. They broke the top 25, and you break it with a guy that is now, according to 247 Composite, the number one player out of high school that you've ever signed, and that's back-to-back years you've done that. John Walker last year, Jalen Hayward this year. Number one thing you could say is you can really be excited about the future of this defense because the last couple of years you've signed some real, real players. Braden Marshall, Nakai Martinez, Andrew Harris. The list goes on and on of these young defensive players that have come to the program and are going to make this defense special. And guess what? They're mostly hometown heroes. But finally, you have a top 25 class. So at this point, I think that number is going to go up just by what I'm hearing out of the next couple possible commitments and probably what you're hearing as well. Again, it's not too hard to get information about where players' heads are leaning, where you kind of can see. And again, you look at where people are committed. So that's how I really, the Jalen Hayward thing. It didn't take a rocket scientist to be like, listen, Georgia's got a lot of safeties. Jalen Hayward is from Orlando. Uh, He might want to potentially go to UCF. And once he visited, it's like, if they could actually flip this kid, that'd be incredible. But top 25 class, and here's what I like. And actually, we have three commits. I didn't even, again, I was just thinking Tuesday. We had one on Monday too, and Frankie Arthur, which we'll get to as well. But... You have 17 commits. Nine out of your eight, nine out of your 17 are blue chip prospects. Now, depending on the site, right? Depending on which site you're looking at, some of them might be right on the cusp of a four star. And, and, you know, I don't, again, I've already said multiple times on the show, you guys know how I feel about the stars, right? It doesn't matter about the stars, it matters about the player. And a player can do whatever with whatever stars he has. It doesn't matter. You could be, a five star, and then you go to college and you, you crash and burn, right? We've got, we've seen a couple of those guys, right? So the fact of the matter is UCF has never in their program's history gotten that high in a recruiting class. 25 right now with, and let's just go through, right? Cause I find it very interesting. So the only couple programs that have less commits. Or around the same commits as us. So you got Texas, they're at 22, they have 15 commits. And they have very similar recruiting in the sense that they have nine, four star, six, three star. Arkansas has 17 commits. Miami has 19. South Carolina has 15. Auburn has 15. USC has 15. Clemson is 17. So when you really look at it, UCF has 17 commits and they are operating. And as they should be, as one of the top teams in the country, they're signing the people that they know can either play right away or are going to be players. They're not just going out and filling up their freshman class with a bunch of players like Georgia Tech. No offense, Georgia Tech, because I think they've got a good class. They're right behind us. They have 26 commits, 22 three-star, four four-star, which again, that's a good class. I'm not disrespecting the class at all. I'm saying when you sign a bunch of guys, when you have a class of 27 to 30, they're in today's college football, that doesn't work. Because then you are really limiting yourself in the transfers that you can get. You're, you're assuming you're going to lose a bunch of transfers 
or you have a lot of seniors, right? It's a give and take. I think UCF has done it perfectly in the last couple of years where maybe their freshman class isn't as big as it was in years past, but they're getting quality, right? They're getting quality players and it's only going to get better, which is the scary thing. Because I think right now we're 25th in the country and I think that's only going to go up. And we could talk about that in a second. But obviously, Jalen Hayward, safety out of Rockledge. I mean, again, number five safety in the class. Uh, you can make an argument he's a top three safety in the class. Tremendous get by Addison Williams, David Gibbs, um, and the entire staff. I mean, first of all, again, I think the family atmosphere of UCF and to make it fun. Like, I get everybody made a whole... Sh- you know, stick of him taking the shirt off and being like, what the hell's going on, right? But at the end of the day, that's what these kids want to do. They just want to have a good time and they want a place that they it feels like family. It doesn't feel just like football. And I think everything you hear out of every commitment, especially with UCF, right? You're hearing, it's not just about football. The coaches are great, but they, they, even when I was committed somewhere else, I would hear from them two times a week. Because I think there is a real factor where these coaches are like, I still think we can get some of these guys. And you saw it, right? Gus mentioned it in uh, his press conference earlier this week where he said, listen, I said when I got here, we're going to go after the best players in the country. And even if they some of these players don't choose us, we're going to have a relationship with them. Because regardless, who knows what can happen down the line? And you've already seen that. I mean, you've already seen certain moments where just this year we get a transfer in from Oklahoma, right? So it's about creating those relationships. And Jalen Hayward, he was committed to Georgia, but we kept that relationship. You felt confident in that relationship and it reaps the benefits. You have now not signed yet. Again, it all comes down to when these guys sign, if they actually sign on the dotted line. But for a commitment-wise, you got a commitment, and if he ends up signing, would be the number one player that you've ever signed on any recruiting class. Number one player ever for UCF history. That's insane. Just like John Walker last year. It, it, it feels like, and I might be wrong, but it feels like every year it's going to start, I'm going to be saying that sentence over and over again. Now, granted, again, not much different in the composite rankings based off Jalen Hayward and John Walker, right? They're like .30 away from each other. But the fact that that happens in back-to-back years, it just shows you the respect level this staff has or the players have with this staff and kind of the trage- trajectory that UCF is on. To get a guy like that to commit, and I know everybody understands it, but it is huge. It's a huge boom, and it's only going to keep getting better. It's only going to keep getting better. Let's go, before we get to Burdell, let's get to the commit that was on Monday. In this one, we were hearing rumblings. Now, I'm going to be honest. I I was really excited about this one just because I think what – at first, you you question. All right, so tell you about Frankie Arthur. Obviously, the big news about Frankie Arthur is his brother is Adrian Peterson. I think that's cool as hell. I'm, I'm really pumped for that. Obviously, anybody that watched Adrian Peterson know he's, you know, as a running back – one of the best running backs to ever play the game, right? Uh, but to get a guy like Frankie Arthur now, again, on 247, he's ranked as the number five running back in the country, right? As the composite, he's the, right, the number 19 running back in the country. Uh, from Texas, 
obviously knowing how huge Texas is with football, right? And knowing Cam Martin and how great of a recruiter he is, and I know he's from Texas, to get a guy like that is huge. Um, he's from Conroe, plays at Oak Ridge. He's 5'10", 190. Him and Stacy are very similar. I was watching Frankie's uh, clips, and they are very similar in the type of backs they are. They do a couple stuff differently, um, but I think both of them have elite speed. And again, if you look at his stats, I mean, he ran the 100-meter uh, times of 10.71 and 10.94. Um, let me see. I want to know what his stats... I know his stats were insane. Okay, yeah. Finishes junior year with over 1,400 rushing yards. And then 18 touchdowns, I think it is. 18 touchdowns also had 250 receiving yards and two touchdowns receiving. Like, those are monster numbers. Monster numbers. And again, to get a guy... To get a guy like Frankie Arthur on Monday, Burdell Richardson... And Jalen Hayward on Tuesday, like that is the makings of a top program, of a top ten program. And I know people will call me crazy, and people will say, "Listen, you're you're in over your head here." No, you just look at history, and history tells you, and history will show you, UCF is on the faster trajectory of any Power Five team in the history of college football. That's just how it is. Call me delusional. Call me whatever you want. UCF has had the Power 5 mantra for not even a month. And they have a top 25 recruiting class. And guess what? They have the number one class in the Big 12. Now that may change. And, and who knows? UCF might only get two more commits. And you know some other school might sign five, six more guys. And, and then UCF drops to number two or three. But the fact of the matter is, as of this moment, for the 2024 class and the 2025 class, UCF has the number one class in the Big 12. That says something. And again, you add the state factor. Yeah, I'd want to play in Orlando too. I'd want to play in Florida. That adds a layer. I don't care what anybody says. And, you know, if you look at, I know earlier in the month or a couple months ago, the the whole thing was UCF's not a big, a power four. What are you talking about? Or there's not a power four in the state, a big four in the state. It's it's Florida, Florida State, and Miami. Well, guess what, folks? I mean, Miami, I don't know when the last time I could even remember them in a bowl game. Number one, we all know that. They've got the whole NIL garbage that's going on down there. If I'm a player, why do I want to deal with that? If you can't remember the last time Miami was good, why do you want to deal with the NIL garbage? You don't even know if you're going to get paid the money that they're even going to tell you they're offering you, right? Florida, yeah, good for Florida. They get good recruits. Listen, Florida... You know, they get a, a lot of heat, right? Billy Napier gets a lot of heat, and he, the last two years, has done, had some really good recruiting classes. The problem is they don't execute on the field. Now, we'll see this year how Billy Napier does in his second year, but they also had the NIL drama with Rashada. So, in Florida State, I've got nothing but respect for. Honestly, Florida State's built it the right way. Uh, Mike Norvell has done an incredible job uh, down there in Tallahassee, and I think a lot of people were coming with pitchforks and he really showed last year kind of what he wants to build and also his recruiting class is phenomenal. But UCF is on a good trajectory where, yeah, some of these kids are going to start viewing UCF 
why go play at Florida when I can go play at UCF? And that's just a fact. It's not a dig at Florida. It's, I've been to Gainesville. I'd rather go to Orlando. That's why I live in Orlando. Why do I want to live in Gainesville? And again, UCF has proven time and time again that they can develop players and go to the NFL. So a guy like Frankie Arthur, the fact that there are three backs in Frankie Arthur, Stacey Gage, and Tavion Swint that all want to come to UCF, even though they all kind of knew they were all going to commit, tells you everything they need to know. Tells you everything they need to know. You know Alabama, I'm not saying UCF's Alabama, but again, Alabama usually has three NFL running backs on a roster, and they all usually get drafted. If UCF can get to that point, and again, Frankie Arthur and Stacey Gage, and then hell, Demarcus Bowman next year, my God, like, yeah, UCF going to have to be a little bit of a running back team because those are too good of running backs to not hand the ball off to and to get them each playing time. And I think you will see them all kind of get some playing time next year, 100%, if they end up signing. Like I said, that's the question. But playmaker-wise, UCF is elite on that side of the ball. And again, Cam Martin, in a very short time, I know he's like he was on the 30 for 30 list, or 30 under 30, and I, I can't say enough about Cam Martin and how he has really honed in on the recruiting Going from Incarnate Word, then to Texas State. He was at UCF, um, and then comes as the running back coach. And in less than a year, less than six months, however long he's been here, he signed three of the top backs in the last two classes. Tavion Swin, who I personally think is the best back in 2025, you got him already, and I don't see him switching up. And then you got Frankie Arthur and Stacey Gage, who are two of the best backs in 24. And if they sign... Again, probably the two best backs uh, that UCF's ever signed, period, according to star rankings. So it's insane to me. Now let's go to Burdell. Burdell Richardson. Again, another instance where you're looking at the, the receivers and you're like, UCF usually, and this is just based off history, right? The last maybe couple years or so. Based off of who, if we had two receivers and then we signed a third one or a third one commits, then usually one kind of dips out and goes somewhere else because they don't think they're going to get the playing time or they're like, ah, that's too many running or receivers for a class. Again, when it comes to UCF operating as a power five and trying to take over college football, you see these receivers, UCF has, I think, three or four receivers to this class and they're going to add more. And these receivers at the end of the day, I think, know it. They do know, yet they're not committing anywhere else. Burdell, UCF was not even on his radar. I mean, he, UCF was not in the top top five, weren't in the top eight. I, he put out less. UCF was not on any of them. Finally, from Tampa Bay, again, another hometown hero. I consider Tampa Bay a hometown hero because we still get a bunch of recruits from there. Now, I think we'll get another one here in you know a month or so, but... A, a top receiver in the class. I mean, a four-star composite. Um, according to 247, number 50th wide receiver in the country. Um, 6'1", 185, can go up and get the ball. And I really love the receivers. I really love the receivers that uh, we are signing in this class. I mean, if you look, and again, this kid has offers from basically everywhere under the sun. I mean, Alabama, Arkansas, 
you name it, he has an offer from him, right? Um, I want to look at our entire class. Cason uh, Stokes, really love Cason. And, and listen, there might be a potential where Cason, you know, decommits. Uh, I, I think, again, him and Burdell are very similar. 6'2", 6'1", very similar um, receivers, but I like both of them. And then uh, Day Day Farmer, that was our latest one, right? So you're signing two four-star uh, wide receivers in the last week, and one or two more are potentially going to come. And I put that in the tweet. Feel very strongly on one or two. Um, I'll tell you the name at the end. Um, I'm sure you could probably figure it out. But UCF's class is shaping up to be something special. Something real special. And we're on for the ride, guys. I mean, we hopped on this Gus bus and we just continue to turn turn around and, and turn it on. Because at the end of the day... If all of these guys sign and all of these guys come, it is only a matter of time before UCF wins the Big 12. And Big 12 fans can, uh, I will say UCF, or Big 12 fans, I'll give them credit because they actually, and I'm not saying we're going to take over right away, but Big 12 fans see it. You know, I was on a couple uh, Twitter spaces and a lot of Big 12 fans got asked the question like, who's probably the like top couple teams in the next five years. And UCF is always mentioned because they understand Florida. They recruit well. They've got a great coach. It's bound to happen. It's just, when is it going to happen? And that's the thing. I think this year UCF can make some noise. I'm loving what I'm hearing out of JRP. I'm loving everything I'm hearing. And I think, I think if you're looking at a ceiling and a floor, I think a ceiling is 10 wins. And I'm not just, I don't, do I think they win 10 games? Absolutely not. If it, I said what my realistic thing was, I realistically believe six games. I think that's the floor. I think, I think they can easily get six games. But even that in your first year, incredible. Incredible. And if you get a class like this to sign and you do, you win six games this year, just wait to the 2025 class. I mean, just wait for the 25 class. And if you can just keep that momentum, guys, it's going to be a fun next couple of years. And we're, and we're kind of going to put recruiting to the side in a week or so because we're actually getting football. But this recruiting stuff, like, I'll, let me tell you, after the season ended, I'm like, what am I going to talk about for the next eight months? I've got eight months of no football, and I just have to talk about whatever. And we've had so many news and so many stories and so many commitments and so many potential commitments that it has really filled up this show. And I am eternally grateful for the players that have committed and given me content to talk about. But it's insane what the staff is doing. And I think we all see it as fans. When we go through Twitter and you see my posts and we see everybody else posting how how hyped they are, to get players like this to commit to our program that 10 years ago, I mean, not 10 years ago, in 2010... We're like, you would not, could have never imagined, could have never imagined this stuff. It, 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 it's literally insane to me, but it's amazing. It's, it's, it's utterly amazing. And at the end of the day, if all these players end up signing, signing to UCF to play for the UCF Knights, oh boy. You thought we were le- annoying five years ago. Wait till you know when we're in the top 20, top 15 of recruiting classes. 
Now, ultimately, listen, guess what? You have to win on the field. You have to win on the field. Miami has top 20 recruiting classes every year, yet they, you, they don't even get bowl games. So you got to win on the field. But I think it is a strong possibility that UCF continues this momentum and slowly but surely, maybe not even slowly, pretty quickly UCF could take over the Big 12 Conference, even with all the new additions coming in, which thank God we're not even talking realignment on this episode. That was my last two episodes. I'm tired of it. Let's really quickly talk about what we're hearing out of fall camp. Obviously, we've only got about 20-something days, three weeks until we kick off that sucker against Kent State. I'm totally excited. One thing I'm excited for, we got two new things. Well, a couple. The, the most important things that I'm looking at is Wi-Fi connectivity at FBC Mortgage. I think we are all pumped about that. And then the lighting. The lighting, I'm excited to see what they can do pregame. Again, what is great about the bounce house is the atmosphere that it really makes you feel for a college football game. There's nothing like it. I've been to many other games. Nothing like the bounce house. So I'm really excited for that. But again, we keep hearing great things out of JRP. And I love Darren Henshaw. I, I said that earlier in, in uh, an episode a couple weeks ago. He tells you exactly what he's thinking. He gave you a rundown of every quarterback and what he's thinking and, and what kind of they've done. Like he said, JRP is right on track. Um, he's shown them exactly what he's that the coaches have wanted. He said Dylan Risk is really impressed and him and Timmy are kind of neck and neck for that backup spot and that Timmy has really improved. He said Timmy plays like he wanted to play that Michael Vick style and freelance style and He's finally learning to play quarterback, and, and that's great to hear. And they said Xavier is, again, he needs you know some work. And again, he came in a little bit later. So, and again, Xavier is just an extra quarterback body, and we all expected that. Um, but to hear the stuff that we're hearing and to hear how the players are speaking, granted, again, it's all preseason talk, right? We can, all, we can get all excited and we can, oh, but until we see JRP throw a football, and see the difference. It's all talk. But I love hearing what Coach Hinshaw is saying. And how he's saying like, it was this. It was this. We had to correct this. We had to correct this. It was everything we're saying. And I think John Rice even has come out openly and said in interviews last week or so. Like, I, me protecting the football is going to protect the team. He said that. Me protecting football, I'm going to protect the team. And I know that ultimately, and Coach Hintoff said it too, like sometimes, and we saw it, how he would just make the wrong decision. He would focus so much on getting out of the pocket and, and making plays with his feet when really he could have stayed inside the pocket and made some throws. And when you hear that he's making those throws, man, it gets me so pumped. But we'll talk more next week on the specifics we're hearing. I think we should be getting a depth chart here fairly soon um i don't know obviously the first game is the main depth chart but i think we'll be hearing kind of who's kind of showing out right now and we've been hearing some names um but i think it's still very you know come and go but cave call on the defensive side i think as a freshman he might get some play um obviously hearing some of the offensive standouts that's always really good to hear um but again, I think 
having football so close and I'm going to have to start doing my studying on Big 12 teams because that's going to come up here uh, within the month or so. But uh, next week, hopefully we can get Nick and Rob on because we'll be doing a full breakdown, full depth chart breakdown of uh, w- what our predictions are, what we think is going to end up you know, being the depth chart and who we think our standouts are and who we really want to see. Um, if I could get in the press room, uh, there would be one question I'd really want to ask is Demarcus Bowman. What are we going to see out of him? Because if in my head, the way I've been hearing it is it's RJ, then Johnny, then Demarcus. So what does Demarcus have to do to really get up into that next upper echelon of playing? Because uh, I think he he can do it. Um, and I think you're going to see a lot of running backs this year. Um, Jordan McDonald being one of them. But... All right, guys, I think that's it for Charge On this week. Um, please drop your comments down below. What have you been hearing about the team that you think I should know? I think I've been seeing it all, but um, there's so much content that just having an open forum down in the comments below, what you're excited for, what's something that you've heard that really excites you about the upcoming season? Let me know down in the comments below. And like I said at the beginning, like, comment, subscribe, share, do all those things. We greatly appreciate it. But this is an exciting time for UCF football. What do you know? Football is just around the corner. Actually going to play the game we've been talking about for the last eight or so months. All right, guys. Thank you again so much, as always. Always a pleasure, and it's so great to be here with you every single week. All right, guys. This has been Charge On. We will see you next week. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.